This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. So, what did you do with your first Sunday off since trees were full of leaves and the grass was green? I hope your day was as enjoyable as mine was, despite the absence of that old familiar friend. Good, uh, good morning or good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're finding this. I'm glad you're with me. I'm Dan McNeil, and this is another installment of the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network with no NFL game Sunday and, from my standpoint, no interest in the Pro Bowl games. I would have watched a Pro Bowl had it been set in Oahu. We covered that last week, but no interest in the games, even though I may get to the controversy that resulted after the outcome. One guy in America was happy about that yesterday. His name is Ron Torbert, as pointed out by Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football today. I spent a little bit of time Sunday mulling over what it was I wanted to lead with today. Do I want to jump right into Super Bowl props? Nah, you're probably not ready for that yet. And frankly, neither am I. I I did one last week. I talked about it on my terrestrial show Friday on WJOB and Hammond and Jed TV. It's available anywhere on the TuneIn app, and it's free, by the way. And baby boomers, guess what? It's easy. Uh, So I I, I started, okay, where, where will I go with this thing if there's nothing that breaks overnight? If if there's no big news and I, I had an, an idea on where I wanted to take it uh, to be your tour guide through Super Bowl hype week, because I've been to a few of these puppies and I, I want to give you a backstage pass in um, in just a few minutes about what it's like to be in those Super Bowl sites, what it's like to have access, because it was an incredibly enjoyable part of my 35 plus years doing sports yap in Chicago. I, I thought that was one of the greatest perks of the job as a football junkie. I loved it. So I'm going to do that for you in a little bit, but I, as always on a show day, whether it's podcast or over the air and the good old fashioned way, I, I punch in my usual sites to see what's happening in the world. Mike Florio's pro football talk.com the giant that is ESPN.com, and of course the cesspool that is Twitter. And I am glad I looked at Twitter today because I found my buddy Nick Shepkowski, my former score producer, letting me know Tim Brown, the former Irish star, the Heisman Trophy winner, NFL Hall of Famer, says good riddance to Tommy Reese, who left the Irish staff to take the job as Nick Saban's offensive coordinator at Alabama last week. Tim, uh, Tim Brown is happy about that. If you're an Irish fan, he says you should be happy. But that, that was what I learned on Twitter. 
I punched in Facebook, where I read the suggestions of uh, my my friends and fans on what would be a good title for my in progress radio autobiography. And um, you know, I'm 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 more torn now than when I posted what the five leaders were, what I'm leaning with, because it's pretty much a split between my two favorites as well. And uh, those would be. Um, stir it up, nice double on town as a fan of Bob Marley that I am, and we'll talk for food. Also, getting a lot of, uh, getting a lot of, but anyway, be that as it may. Um, what did I learn today? Looking at the headlines around all these sites, I see the Arizona Cardinals have narrowed their field to three for Cliff Kingsbury's successor, Devontae Adams, colon. Playing with Aaron Rodgers would be a dream scenario. Ray Lewis says he he and Roquan Smith plan to watch film together in the offseason. Miles Garrett, the pass rusher from the Browns, suffered a dislocated toe in the Pro Bowl games. You're going to be okay. It's a dislocation. X-rays are negative. But you never know what's going to happen when you're moving 45-pound discs off of a big rack and weights and throwing water balloons. Crazy things happen. The Panthers have hired a new defensive coordinator. The Rams have themselves a new tight ends coach. And I realized without opening up any of those, I don't think I opened up any of them. My hunch Sunday was spot on. I'm going to get you your backstage pass to what it's like to have access to Super Bowl host week. And tonight is opening night, the artist formerly known as Media Day. And I did one Media Day in the 13 hype cities. I visited 13 over, I don't know, 20 years or so. First one, Super Bowl 30, the first time Arizona hosted a Super Bowl. That's back in January of 96, Cowboys over the Steelers 27-17 at Sun Devil Stadium. That was a terrible sight uh, for a Super Bowl at that point because Phoenix really had had yet to mushroom into the mecca it is today and the the suburban expansion as as it, it became a much much more functional, desirable site to host a huge event like that years later. And Media, you know, we didn't have the internet boom just yet, so there weren't a thousand websites from uh, around the country being credentialed just yet, but it was already starting to explode. But that city certainly was not ready to host that event, and it was difficult getting around anywhere. We did make it to the convention center uh, for the Jay Leno show. Uh, Jesse Rogers, ABC 7's baseball insider, Jesse Rogers, who's a great producer and uh, always found a way to get shit done. He copped us, I think, eight tickets for uh, the Leno show, or at least six. So we all went to see Jay Leno, and Chris Farley appeared on the Leno show that night when he ran out. He he did a header on stage. It was very, very cool. Uh, highlight of the trip, Dan Jiggett's blowing out a chair at the Leno show, but I'll leave that one alone. You get, you get my point. What I remember the, the biggest impression I had that first one was just how colossal the NFL PR machine really is, how this marketing department is just, it's just unrivaled in any sport. 
And at this time, there probably were 80 to 100 radio stations broadcasting on what's called Radio Row in a convention center in whatever host city. I always referred to it as Bacteria Row because most of us are wearing ill-fitting clothes. We have bad skin and we look like we'd be plumbers if there weren't people so hungry for sports information. So apologies to you plumbers. I'm a union man, by the way, just in case you were wondering. But the NFL, and I assume it's the case today, and I don't know what the pandemic did to the size of convention center radio. Obviously, it, it has been contracted hugely, and I'm going to try to find somebody from one of our local sports yackers or newspapers who's at the Super Bowl in Arizona this week so I can get an idea as to how much it has changed. But the NFL would parade through the convention center, the heroes of yesteryear. You get the award winners of the current year. New head coaches are are hustled around by their team's PR directors, and they would pick, you know, the rival cities and divisional opponent cities of that head coach. Uh, the biggest names in the game. It is fish in a barrel. If you can't produce good radio that's guest-driven on Radio Row, you have no business being uh, in the business because it's just a, it's just a feeding frenzy. There's Adam Sandler. Not my flavor, but if I can get him on, I'm going to get him on. Everywhere. There are huge celebrities. Sports, entertainment, everywhere. And it is an easy, easy event to do good radio, especially if you keep it away from, what do you think the Cowboys need to do to pull this thing off? You just, you know, let, let that, let that happen. Enjoy the people, make them human. And most of the guys were always so very relaxed. Even Dom Capers, that was, it was one of the first interviews we did that week. He was just concluding his second year with the Carolina Panthers as their head coach. And he was the runner up in coach of the year voting And I had had the conversation with my partner, Terry Boers, the day before that I cannot cast my vote for a man who doesn't get to the playoffs. I don't care if his team was one in 15 the year before. And now that's one in 16. Uh, He wins seven, eight games. That's great progress, but you have to get to the playoffs. And Terry said to me, give Dom Capers your theory on why he shouldn't have won the award yesterday. And I told Capers, and he looks at me with those coach's eyes, you know, those eyes that see through you and recognize your every blemish and everything you've done wrong in your life, coach's piercing eyes. And he said, I agree with you. We we don't go to training camp to to not go to the playoffs. I agree with you. It was very cool. It was very cool. I, um, I had uh, an interesting bathroom experience on that trip. You ever peed next to a, a huge celebrity? Uh, I, I, I did. I did. And uh, I probably shouldn't say his name because some of you will draw political connections to me. Just think Arizona. Okay. Last 30 years of our country. Think Arizona. Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris 
were on the air with Boars and me the following year when we took the show to New Orleans in advance of Super Bowl 31, and that was one of the most enjoyable football conversations I ever had. Those guys were just so loose and so relaxed. And so were we when we went out for dinner and drinks and wound up at O'Brien's legendary jazz club that night. And my friend, Dan Patrick from ESPN, had a few in him. And he there's somewhere in a, in a shoebox in the garage, there are a lot of photographs and memories, Jim Croce, of all these trips and all the things that I've done that I don't have a place on the wall. And Patrick is sitting on my lap, and we are obviously just three sheets to the wind. We had a blast, and I remember one of the funniest things that happened that night was the piano player mistook Dan Jiggets for Rosie Greer, the former Los Angeles Ram turned actor who was kind of a cartoonish, larger black man. He said, we have a celebrity in the house, and he announces him, former, former NFL star Rosie Greer. Oh, my goodness. Patrick and I were just crying. We were laughing so hard. That was a great week, even though Terry almost didn't make the trip because he was incontinent. He had a nine-foot parasite crawling in his innards, but he made the trip and almost had an accident after we saw Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, I saw Hootie and the Blowfish. What of it? The following year in San Diego, Super Bowl 32, I, I got more of a glimpse for just how big this thing is by getting out a little bit more. And I have never met a human being in my life, a friend of mine or anybody, an acquaintance who has said, yeah, uh, we go to the Super Bowl city every year to just hang out, sign autographs. In San Diego that year, it occurred to me, you look around and you see jerseys from all 32 NFL teams and hats and teams walking the streets and fans walking the streets, trying to get a glimpse, get a picture of celebrities. And it occurred to me just how much of a freaking national party this thing is. Just people who don't have access uh, to Franco freaking Harris or Chris Fart, whatever. People who just want to star watch and star fuck in some cases, I'll get to Miami in a bit, but San Diego opened my eyes to that. And, uh, that was another great, great trip. And what the NFL does typically is you have the circus that is media day now opening night at the beginning of the week. And then Wednesday is designated for one of the conference champions hotels to go get more serious interviews. That was always preferred by the old crusty scribes, the old ink-stained wretches like my guy Hub Arkush, who just bitched and moaned incessantly about how much of a freak show Media Day had become. I said, Hub, you were covering these things when there were a hundred of you here. hundred of us. Be glad the sport you love so much has grown so globally popular. And some woman from um, a website in the UK can get a credential and wear a wedding gown and ask Tom Brady to marry. Be glad that's the case. You were part of the hype machine that made this what it is today. It's your fault. Pro Football Weekly is to be blamed for the hilarity of Super Bowl Media Day, which I only did once. And that was when the Bears and Dolphins got it on in Miami in 07. And that was... 
that was a blast. I think what I remember most about that media day is Colts tackle Ryan Diem, who's local, went to Northern Illinois. He'd become a bit of a friend of the show, the Macker Cone Harry show. And we were visiting him, not not with an interview, but just chatting. And he was talking about how all the fat guys on the team are so pissed that the Colts for the the photographs, the official photographs and media day had to be in their white on white uniforms, what they were wearing on game night. And anybody who's fat and been fat most of my life knows what white on white can do to you. I mean, you look like the Michelin tire man. You look like the stay puffed marshmallow man. It's not a good look. And I said, Ryan, you're fit. He goes, I know, but I can't stop looking at myself to see how the love handles. I, and I said, he said, every time he reminds himself that he's self-conscious, he looks at Lilja, another uh, 65. I can't remember the first name, but I think he was the center, center or guard. Maybe he played Rob Lilja, I believe. He, I look at Lilja and remind myself it ain't all that bad. Uh, but that, that was a blast to be there that week. The only time I ever did media day, and I have no plans to consume any of this, tonight and i don't plan to watch much of this week i don't you know i'm ready to start thinking about props in two days i will sit down with the nfl honors the nfl awards thursday night even though i'm disappointed there is no keegan michael key this year he did in his second year last year he did a fantastic job as the MC, he was singing, he was dancing, his material was fresh, he understood every bit of it, and the crowd wasn't nearly as receptive as it should have been to how awesome his performance was. But that was the second time he did it. This Thursday night, we get Kelly Clarkson. I, I don't have an opinion on Kelly Clarkson. All I know her from, I know two things about her. I, I know she won some award uh, on a contest. Was it American Idol? America's Got Talent? I, I don't know the difference between those. They're like hair bands of the 80s for me. But she won one of those and became a celebrity as a result of it. I, I know more about Steve Carell and the 40-year-old virgin from 2005 when he's getting his chest waxed and he's trying to say things to you know just to keep from thinking about the pain and he said no kelly clarkson that that's that's my kelly clarkson thought so i have no idea if she'll be any good or not but i was hoping keegan michael key would be a permanent fixture at this thing because that dude is damn funny and very very talented he should be he should be at the oscars he's he's that good he is 21st century billy crystal he is an entertaining talented man so 13 of these uh, media hype weeks, the last time I did it was Super Bowl 47 in New Orleans. That's 10 years ago last week. My midday show at the score with Matt Spiegel went to New Orleans. That was the Harbaugh Bowl. Ravens over the 49ers, 34 to 31. Really had a fun conversation at that one with Mike Pereira, because you may know I am a student of the Zebra community. I am a supporter. I am the champion of the officiating community. 
And Pereira said, I should be scared. He, he talking about himself. He said, I should be scared when I knew that he was Jersey number 77 when he was a ref in the NFL. And, you know, and it's like three seventy sevens ago. It's like, you know, I'm not talking Terry McCauley 77. I'm talking further back because I know the zebras and uh, we had a great interview with him and he's, he's, he was great when I heard him on sports talk last week with uh, Parkinson Spiegel on the score, talking about Ron Torbert's tough day and all that goes in to the booth review. But that was one of the highlights. Russell Wilson had just completed his first year with the Seahawks. God, Eleven years ago, ten years ago, only he's still a he's still a kid, right? And now he's he's done. How fast it goes for these guys! But New Orleans was a great Super Bowl city. Uh, the restaurants are are fantastic. I wish I I still have not gone to New Orleans just recreationally. I've been there three or four times, and every time it's been for a Super Bowl, and yeah, you can have fun, but it'd be nice to go there and just eat all day, all night, because the cuisine is is absolutely spectacular. I mentioned Miami and the sex show that is the NFL, and what a city to do it in, right? You don't have to wear much at, in Miami at any time of the year. There are players on NFL rosters not involved in the Super Bowl who go to the Super Bowl city to pick up women looking to sleep with NFL players. And it happens in the middle of the freaking day at the media hotel outside the NFC hotel, the AFC hotel. You see the ladies of Easy Virtue just looking for some man route uh, wanting to bed a muscular young stud who earns his living on Sunday afternoons and guys show up from all over the league to feast the benefits. Oh my goodness. If that's what you want to call it, I call it tramping around, but I don't know, whatever gets you going, I guess it's a sex show that, that just, I couldn't outside the whole, I saw two things that were just indelibly etched for me. It was that, that part of just a, a, a feeding frenzy of sexual, you know, sexually pervert, whatever you want to say, say it. People have very easy for That's an easy way to say it. People who like doing that. And then there was Chris Berman, not a sexy man, but you would have never known it when he got out of his limousine in 1999 in January to get his golf clubs, you know, his, his limo driver gets his golf clubs out of the trunk. And Berman is mobbed. I knew Chris Berman was big. I knew he had fans. When I was college age, shortly after, I was among them. Oh, to be young again, McDowell. You know, when you leave the fraternity house, you should leave Chris Berman behind you. But there were men and women of all ages who swarmed Berman's limo like he was Paul frickin' McCartney when the Beatles first got to America. I could not believe the stir being caused by that gigantic head and loudish clown who was very good at what he did. Just not my flavor. Once I turned 25, got to leave him behind. Now, that was Miami, and that was a fun Super Bowl. And uh, that was uh, the Broncos. 
over the Falcons and we broadcast from the Miami Convention Center. And I remember a couple of things. Howard Griffith was the Broncos fullback. He was Terrell Davis's lead back, a tailback at Illinois, uh, but a fullback at the pro level. And I think he had four carries during the regular season. He went off at something like 40 to one first player to score a touchdown could argue. It should have been much higher than that. He had four carries, maybe four catches on the year. He showed up because he wanted to be in media afterward. And Howard is a genuinely good dude. He showed up at the convention center for, for our broadcast in the afternoon Gave us 45 minutes of his time, took phone calls, was most courteous. And I mentioned to him, Howard, you're 40 to one. I think that's what it went off at. And um, he said, if I were you, I'd put 10 bucks on me. I couldn't part with the 10 bucks. Who scored the first touchdown for Mike Shanahan's Broncos? Howard Griffith. Oh, well, that one got away. And uh, it was on that uh, on that trip when I threw one of three times, I think, in my broadcast career where I threw a guest off of the show. This one was the only one that wasn't over the phone. This was in person. And I think it was the second straight year because I think I wanted to launch the Cardinals owner, Bill Bidwell. Uh, at the uh, Bill or Chai, one of the flying Bidwell, bro, I, the previous year and didn't. And it was a painful interview. And I was mad at myself for not just telling him to leave. Well, Bob Baffert, the horse racing trainer, um, the very handsomely aging, white haired silver fox, Boars loved horse racing. He says, Can we put Baffert on? Even a horse racing illiterate like me knows this is a huge name in the industry. I've learned more about the Derby and horse racing since, but I was a complete ignorant boob to it then, but I knew Baffert. So I said, sure. Baffert couldn't have cared less about talking about anything. He was completely indifferent. I gave it three minutes and I asked him, I said, please kindly remove your headphones and exit stage left. We only want guests who are willing to be guests and you don't qualify. And, uh, Terry's face kind of, whoa, whoa. Um, but he, he knew the guy was being a dick. So we, we didn't quarrel over that one. We, we didn't quarrel very often. Um, you go out at night in the Super Bowl city, you're going to recognize people in the restaurants and bars. You are going to see media types. Um, you know, just, it's just, it's just a, a huge who's who. In, in American culture. And there is a ton of attendant nonsense with these Super Bowls. I, I, it probably wasn't even midweek last week before I received my first text message from a football group of text bandit exchangers uh, bitching about the, the Brothers Bowl, Kelsey's, the Kelsey Bowl. Already sick of this. They're doing their podcast. I heard a few sound bites on Sports Talk last week. Uh, just boys being, and they're sick of it already. And you're going to get all, you're going to get it all week. If you don't stay out of the line of fire, the, the theme in the pro bowl games was brothers against brothers, Peyton Manning, coaching the AFC team and flag football, Eli Manning, coaching the NFC team. And then you had Amon Ra St. Brown and Equinemius St. Brown jumping on trampolines, doing flips, making fancy acrobatic catches, uh, just really a lot of goofy, goofy stuff, but that's not going away. 
that will not go away. So there will be a time when the ball goes in the air. And we, we look forward to that. And I, I will plow through these prop bets. Uh, the, the controversy in the pro bowl games is, and this is, I I've given this eight minutes of my time, so I'm not completely, this may not be completely on the mark apparently in the pro bowl, which, and they've, they've taken the pro bowl rules to the flag football pro bowl games. You cannot run the ball inside the five yard line. In the waning moments of the game, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings took a knee. The ball was inside the five. Technically, that counts as a rush. The clock should have been stopped. There should have been a penalty, and there wasn't. And Peyton Manning appeared to be incensed by the the NFC getting getting off on one. What are you doing here? He starts arguing with the rep. Derek Carr appeared to be upset. Boy, Derek Carr got to play a little yesterday. How about that? It's it's kind of funny to me that I I you know I have no doubt if Peyton Manning wanted to be a successful actor he could pull it off. But it sure seemed to me yesterday that he legitimately was pissed about a non-call during the Pro Bowl games. Give me the games in Oahu just so I can look at a place in the world where it doesn't suck for four months weather-wise during the calendar year. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Adam Delavitt from the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, my producer, Sam Michael, Mr. Kansas City Chief, I'll be back again on Thursday with more of the Danny Matic pod, Danny, Danny Matic, Danny Mac podcast. I know who I am. Hope you do too. Have a good week back Thursday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.